King Tzidkiyahu ruled that all slaves will be released, but soon after the slaves' freedom had ceased. Once slavery was reasserted, the city of Jerusalem would soon be deserted. So this week's Parsha is Parshat Mishpatim, and for the whole Haftorah podcast, we are talking about the Haftorah, which is in Yermia. So the Haftorah, to set the background, um, is talking about the last uh, few days, the last few months before the destruction of Jerusalem from the Babylonians. So at this point in time, uh, King um, Tzidkiyahu was ruling, and he realized that basically the destruction of the Jewish people was almost inevitable, uh, and, the, and the destruction of Jerusalem would be, uh, would be uh, accomplished through the attacking um, Babylonians. And when he really kind of realized his own mortality and, and basically his country's own mortality, he decided to do something about it. And what did he do? He sealed a covenant with the people that they would release their Jewish slaves so that no man would enslave a fellow Jew. And um, what's fascinating is this week's Haftorah is all about basically um, the story of the King Tzidkiyahu and the covenant that they sealed to uh, to release the Jewish slaves. And so too in, in our Parsha of Mishpatim, the Parsha of Mishpatim includes tons of mitzvot, but it interestingly starts with the laws of a Jewish slave. So a, a person can become a Jewish slave through two methods. One is the person is so impoverished that basically they sell them, they sell themselves, so to speak, for a handful of years in order to make some money. Um, the other way that a person can become a slave is if they steal and they don't have the money to pay back what they stole. Um, so anyways, though, after six years, the master has to release their Jewish slave. And um, so, so this story of that, uh, that's in Yermia speaks about basically the Jewish people. They owned slaves, yet they, they didn't release them. And why is that so important? And just in general, why is this idea, why, why is the idea of, of slavery the very first thing in Mishpatim, you know, there's, it talks about, Mishpatim also talks about murder, it talks about um, laws of, you know, property rights, it talks about what to do when your ox scores another ox, uh, it talks about lots of different topics, um, and so so why why start by, why does the Parsha start by talking about uh, slaves? So, and, 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 and a, the same question could be asked here, why does it seem that slavery, uh, the fact that the Jews were enslaving fellow Jews, that that davka that that was the reason that um, that 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 uh, the Babylonians were able to take over the Jewish people? So why was that? What's so important about slavery? So perhaps the reason is is that the Jewish people themselves, not so long before in our parsha, they were slaves themselves in Egypt. And basically, it seems like it didn't take very long for the Jewish people to forget the fact that they were slaves, to forget the subjugation that they were under, 
to, to forget the, the toil, the misery uh, of what it was to be a slave in Egypt. And um, they forgot that and they started enslaving, you know, their own people, their, their own Jewish brethren, and in fact, didn't even release them when they had to after six years. And uh, so perhaps the reason that the, the Torah, you know, the, the, the Parshat Mishpatim starts by talking about um, slavery and, and again, the Haftorah talks about this idea that, uh, that sort of the reason that Israel, that, that Jerusalem was destroyed was basically because of slavery Perhaps the reason there is because, again, like I said, that the Jewish people, they forgot where they came from. They forgot their own history. They forgot what it was like uh, to be a slave in the land of Egypt. And when you forget that, when you forget your own history, when you forget to feel compassion for others, then basically all of the laws uh, are, are quickly ignored. So if the Jewish people, had had the Jewish people been careful about the laws of you know, making sure that they release their slaves when they should have, perhaps the uh, the destruction of of Israel, the destruction of uh, Jerusalem by the Babylonians wouldn't have happened. And again, this idea that perhaps the the reason that Mishpatim starts by talking about slavery is because that's how central of an idea it is. That if we recognize sort of our own past, if we remember our own history, we as a Jewish people would be very reluctant to enslave. Uh, fellow Jews, because we ourselves know what it's like. And um, in fact, in Bavakama, um, the Gemara in Bavakama, it says that you can't, that, uh, that it, it, it says the phrase, lo avadim la avadim, that you can't be a servant to a servant. And namely, that the Jewish people are God's servants. The, the Jewish people serve Hashem. So, being that a Jewish person serves Hashem, they they can't be um, a servant to a human being who serves Hashem. That that that's uh, that's sort of too convoluted. That that a person, if a person is humble enough to um, to recognize that they're the servant of Hashem, then they would be much more reluctant to enslave someone else. Um, so this idea, lo avadim, lo avadim that if a person realizes sort of their own vulnerability, so to speak, their own, um, they're, they're, if, they're, if they're humble um, by the fact that they themselves, that every Jew is, is a servant of Hashem, then they'd be much more reluctant uh, to enslave others. Okay, so anyway, so getting back to the story of the Haftorah. So again, so King Sidkiyahu sort of in a last-ditch effort to save the the, um, the city of Jerusalem, he makes this covenant with the people with lots of fanfare uh, that they would not enslave their fellow Jews. However, um, once... And then, and then again, so then all, everybody basically set free all of, their, all of their slaves. So all was good in the world. However, immediately after, um, the, the Parsha relates, uh, so the Haftorah relates... Um, vayish, uh, et ha'avadim, that the, that uh, basically the, the the people returned their slaves. They brought back their slaves. So even though the Jewish people, per the covenant with King Sidkiyahu, agreed to release their slaves, it didn't take long for those slaves to be brought back. And I think that, you know, we've seen this even in sort of more recent history than this in America, where uh, basically, you know, after the slaves in the South were released, it didn't take very long 
for sharecropping to pop up. It didn't take very long for sort of an industry of basically slavery to pop up in slavery's place. And that's what happened here, that even though the Jewish people sort of on paper released their slaves, it didn't take very long for them to once again re-enslave them. Um, and this was basically the last straw for Hashem. Hashem was very angry with the fact that the Jewish people reneged on their on their covenant to uh, to to release the Jewish slaves, and the fact that they brought them back right after they released them uh, sort of angered God so much that Yirmiya, the prophet Yirmiya, speaks about how um, how basically. The, in, in our week's Parsha of, of Parsha Mishpatim, uh, the Egyptians, um, that, that, that basically that, uh, that, that God made a promise with the Jewish people um, that when they took them, when, when God took the Jewish people out of the house of slavery, out of, out of the Beit Havadim, out of the house of slavery, being main, namely Egypt, when the Jewish people took uh, were, were taken out of out of the house of slavery. It was assumed, uh, and it was under the um, it was under the agreement with Hashem. It was under the Brit. It was it was under the covenant with Hashem that the Jewish people would be careful again not to um, enslave, not to overly uh, subjugate their fellow uh, Jewish brethren. But obviously, they they didn't do that because, uh, like I spoke about, how they released them, but then they immediately took them back. Um, so. What's fascinating here is um, why why exactly did the Jewish people take the slaves back, even though they released them? So an answer given in the commentaries is that the Egyptians promised, um, the, the Egyptians, not the ancient Egyptians um, in, in the Parsha of Mishpatim, but it's talking about the Egyptians at the time of Yirmiya, um, at the time of the temple, those Egyptians promised that they would um, basically go to Bavel and try to free the Jewish people. Um, sorry that, that they would they would they would fight Bavel. That they would uh, the Egyptians would would go on behalf of the Jewish people and fight against the Babylonians. So once the Egyptians came to fight against the Babylonians, actually the Babylonians retreated a little bit. They were afraid of the Egyptians and they retreated. And because of that retreat, the Jewish people then realized well. It must be the Egyptians are fighting for us. We don't really need to follow God's agreement anymore. So we'll just take back our slaves. And obviously that was a miscalculation because basically the entire reason really that, that Bavel retreated was almost because of the Jewish people um, releasing their slaves. So the fact they took them back uh, sort of uh, basically undid any of the good that happened from the Jewish people releasing their slaves. So um, next, uh, so Hashem basically gives all these punishments for the fact that the Jewish people went against their word and took back their slaves. Um, Hashem says, you'll be free from the sword, pestilence, and famine. So what does this mean that you'll be free from it? Rashi says, you'll be free from heavenly protection. So basically, uh, the Jewish people will fall victim to the sword, pestilence, and famine. It also relates, uh, it, so the, the Haftorah relays um, that in this agreement with King Tzedkiyahu, he um, basically they, they cut animals in half and as part of the covenant. And similarly, actually, Abraham did this um, in the Torah 
when he made an agreement with God, he also cut animals in half. And the symbolism is, is that when you cut an animal in half, it's to say that basically if one party reneges on an agreement, it's as if they cut an animal in half and they too will be cut in half, so to speak. So just like the, so the Jewish people agreed in this covenant to release their, their Jewish slaves. And since they didn't do that, they themselves, the Jewish people themselves, will be sort of cut in half. The Jewish people themselves will be um, on the brink of destruction when the Babylonians come and take over uh, Jerusalem. So then the, the Parsha goes on, so the Haftorah goes on to say that the leaders, the Kohanim, and all the people, they will be delivered to the hand of the enemy. And it even is a little bit worse. It says that the um, that all of these people, the Kohanim, the leaders, the people, that they will, uh, that their bodies, their dead bodies, will basically become food for the birds and for the wild animals. And ultimately, the city of Yerushalayim, it will become desolate, it will become abandoned. And um, however, the, the Haftorah ends on a bright note. It says that, basically, Hashem says, you know what, though? I made a, a, a bris, I made a covenant with the Jewish people, with your ancestors, Abraham and, and Yitzchak and, and Yaakov, that, um, that, that basically the Jewish people will return from their captivity and God will show mercy on the descendants of the Jewish people because of the covenant that God made with the Jewish ancestors. And the, the Jews, despite the fact that they had really fallen from uh, their good graces by, the, by enslaving their fellow, uh, by, by, you know, enslaving their fellows, um, God said he would show mercy nonetheless because they made that, because uh, God made the, the, the covenant with the Jewish people. Um, so just to recap the Haftorah, uh, so I spoke about sort of the setting of the scene, the fact that this was right before the destruction of Jerusalem, and the the Babylonians were on the attack. However, um, when the Egyptians came to fight Bavel, they the Egyptians like sort of the uh, the Egyptians forced the Babylonians to retreat a little bit, and and uh, it was around that time that that King Sidkiyahu, in a last ditch effort to save the city of Jerusalem, he made a covenant with the people to release the Jewish slaves so that no man would enslave a fellow Jew. However, that didn't last very long because the Jewish people once again enslaved, sort of uh, re-enslaved um, their, their, uh, their fellow, their, their Jewish brethren, and brought those slaves back into slavery. And, um, and, and then that really angered God that, that the Jewish people would go against their agreement to release the slaves. And as a result, God basically curses them, says that there's going to be, um, you know, times of war, pestilence, famine, and, um, and, and that the, the leaders, the Kohanim, all the people that they'll be delivered to the enemy, and that those people, that their corpses will be food for the, the wild animals, for the birds, and Jerusalem will burn down and become desolate. But then the Haftorah ends on a high note. It says, despite the fact that Jerusalem is going to be destroyed and that many of the Jewish people will be uh, killed and, and be eaten by wild animals, despite all those terrible predictions, uh, that since God made a, a bris, since God made a, a covenant with the Jewish people, that ultimately uh, God would return the Jewish people from their captivity 
and God would show mercy and bring the Jewish people back to where they once were. Uh, so may that happen soon. And with that, I'll read my poem. King Sidkiyahu ruled that all slaves will be released, but soon after the slaves' freedom had ceased. Once slavery was reasserted, the city of Jerusalem would soon be deserted. And with that, l'chaim l'chaim, and thanks for listening to the whole half Torah.